bittersweet toxicity. We're going to plan my funeral because, you know, Catnip said I can't be stuffed into a pinata. So yeah. we're going to do There's a, a murder mystery. There's a couple of laws about yeah. desecrating corpses, too. Yeah. yeah. So we'll do a murder mystery. That'll be fun too. I still get to be cremated, but you know, maybe I'll just be stuffed into a pinata for fun and buried that way. Um, or I don't know. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stuffed into a pinata could be done. Just made into a pinata, probably illegal. Right. Well, and I wanted to be stuffed into a pinata and have people Yeah. You want to jump out? You want to be the we're prize do, that they get when they break the, the pinata? We're not gonna do taxidermy and fill her with candy. No, we're not doing <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I thought she wanted. She wanted us to taxidermy her and fill her with candy. And no, it's I'm... like beat Vanessa till her leg breaks and candy falls out. Like, what the hell? Like, oh my god, that's even better. I wish we could do that. <laughs> Listen, I have lived a very weird, fun life. Oh, look, her I... torso must be full of candy. This leg is just gushing. We... Candy coming we... out of this leg forever. You know what? We, we could My wife make... thinks we're weird, and she's not even paying attention to this conversation. We could make a pinata in, in your likeness. Um, oh, great. Let's hang Vanessa in effigy at her, at her funeral <laughs> and then beat her with sticks. <laughs> Maybe we can set it on fire. Oh, listen, I lived a really weird, fun life, and I think my funeral should just be really weird and random. I, I mean, want to shoot. I want to shoot Pinata Vanessa out of a cannon, so like the yeah. crowd is pelted with candy <laughs> as she blows up. <laughs> so a whole crowd of people going like, "Oh God, I got candy in my face." <laughs> Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of Bittersweet Toxicity. I'm your host, Vanessa, joined by Patty and Mark. Good morning. Good morning. I want to cast your minds back to a few episodes ago when these sisters' ex-boyfriend showed up at my doorstep crying. Right. I wish I was better at lip reading. <laughs> the drunk you had to get rid of. Exactly. Exactly. One night we called. We were on the phone maybe five or ten minutes. Not very long. Yeah, I was just thinking it's kind of funny. And that's just like, we talk on the phone for like five or ten minutes, a quick phone call. Meanwhile, the millennials are like, oh, my God, that's an eternity on the phone. <laughs> Who spends right. that long on a phone? Right. Yeah, because now everybody's just texting. But in those days... It was talking on the phone and B used to complain about texting because he said that it was hard for him on no matter what phone he had, cause he had these big fat fingers. So he preferred talking on the phone yeah, to texting. Well, your sausage fingers are not our problem. Exactly. <laughs> well, and don't forget where I was living in the middle of nowhere, there was no cell phone towers. So there wasn't, you could get Facebook messages you can't text messages or cell phone calls. It was landline calls only. Right. So of course B calls me, we're on the phone five or 10 minutes. I don't even know what we talked about. Probably nothing important. And he said, this is what he used to do. He used to get off of work. He would call me and then he would say, well, I'm going to take a shower so I can go out to eat. I'll call you back later before bed. And inevitably he would never call me back before bed he would go do something else after he didn't call me back for a long time i think i tried calling him a couple of times and it was going straight to voicemail and 
at this point, of course, I'm talking to Patty. I don't know if you remember this night, but I was talking to you, Patty, and I was so annoyed. He said he's going to call me back. He hasn't called. And I remember either me or Patty saying that if I were trying to do this, I would be in so much trouble. Didn't I just get in so much trouble for not being home for 40 minutes to drive somebody across the town? Right. Definitely a double standard. Right. So I kept calling all night and I think I called the next morning after I, I mean, I went to bed eventually and then I woke up and called the next morning. He never answered the phone. So I left him a nasty voicemail. You know what? Fuck you. You called me a few weeks ago and threatened to throw my crap out in the street because I took your sister's ex-boyfriend home. Mm -hmm. What kind of bullshit is this? That you were supposed to be available to talk to me and now I can't get a hold of you all night long. Right. This is bullshit and you need to give me one good reason why I don't throw your fucking shit out in the street. I never got him even in the morning because I I think I was up at five, which would have been around the same time that he got up. And I think I tried to call him a few times before I got in the shower, after I got out of the shower, before I left for work. No answer. Hey, Patty, I, I don't think Vanessa actually <laughs> wanted to talk to him. I think she was just being passive aggressive. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't think you actually wanted to talk to him. You were like, you didn't answer the damn phones and I'm going to call you a hundred times. Like, I don't think you actually wanted to talk to him. I think you were just, you know, busting him on his inconsistency with his own bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was, as a matter of fact, referring to this as passive aggressive is an offense to all passive people. This is just aggressive. Well, and, <laughs> and think about it. You know, at this point, oh, I don't know. Understandably, yeah. I'm not really, I mean, I'm still afraid of him, but I'm not afraid of him. I'm going to confront him. You have ignored me. You have brought me to this place and left me totally alone. You are calling me every minute. I'm getting in trouble for the dumbest fucking shit on the planet. And yet you're going to do whatever the fuck you want. Hey, guess what? How do you like it when the shoe's on the other foot? Because now I'm going to call you out on your fucking bullshit. And I'm going to throw this shit in your face the same way you do it to me. Well, I'll tell you, he didn't like it very much. I'm I'm guessing he didn't. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't think I spoke to him until that night. He just didn't call me all day. Not Not while I was at work. Nothing. It just was that night. And I think I tried to call him probably at lunch. I mean, who knows? But I got no answer from him. And that night he he called me. He he probably even purposely didn't call you back because he was probably thinking like, who does she think she is? You know, because he doesn't see the double standard. He's like, you know, I don't know. Well, I think it's that, but I also think he had to think of a really good story because what am I going to tell her where I was all night? My phone died. I was abducted by aliens. Uh, Right. I was in the, the popo got me. Right. Mm -hmm. You're so close with all of those answers. So I was abducted by aliens, but they were really the police. I got into an accident. So you feel bad for being pissed. Right. Right. Just any excuse you can think of. I'll tell you it's none of those. 
but you're so close. <laughs> he called me back that night to tell me, hold on, everybody, just take a deep breath in. In with the good air, out with the bad air. Hey, why is it he, bad? Because it's been inside me. <laughs> listen, I'm telling the story, okay? Just be quiet. <laughs> Let's. We're not relaxed yet. Let's try that move again. In... Mark, throw a plate. <laughs> so he called back to tell me that he had gone out reluctantly. A friend of his wanted to go out to this local bar. And he went out. He didn't really want to go. But he went out anyway. And they were out. He finally got tired and went to the car to wait for everybody and fell asleep in the car and his phone died. And when he woke up in the morning, they were all in the car together sleeping. And he didn't call me in the morning because he was running late for work. So we had to hurry up and get to the, oh my God, we're late for work. None of our alarms were working. So we hurried up and we got to the job site and then my phone was dead all day long. So I had to wait until I could charge it a little bit to call you. This is what I was doing last night. Wow. They all slept in the car. All together. All together. Man. I called and Patty. Their, and all of their alarms failed. All of them. At Every the single time. one. Exactly. All their phones died. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have believed him being abducted by alien police Jehovah's Witnesses, seagulls, mm -hmm. before before I believed this story. Right. So I called Patty and I said, hey, Patty, this is what he told me. I have never heard Patty laugh for so hard in so long. <laughs> As she said to me, oh my God, that's, you know, this is bullshit, right? Just tell me that you know this is bullshit because this is the biggest pile of bullshit I've ever stepped into in my entire life. And I think I ran it by her. I know you probably don't remember because, you know, it was a long, long time ago. But I think I ran it by you with, this is what he told me. I kind of feel like it's not possible. And then Patty went on her little laughing jaunt and said, no, it's not possible. It's possible. It's like a Three Stooges movie or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I mean, come on, Mark. Let's talk about it for real. I mean, I think he's I broke Mark because all he's Mark doing is stro thing, stro yeah, stroking his beard. He's like in a catatonic state. <laughs> I'm not catatonic. I'm right here. I'm still. You, you can hear me, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, we okay. can hear you. Do you uh, for a second there, I thought we were losing. We were them. just expecting you to say something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. I'm sorry I broke you with that story, but I'm asking you for real, like, have you, have you ever heard such a tale? You know, well, this tale has taken a lot of crazy turns as, yeah. by itself. <laughs> I don't think that's a high point there. Uh, I think his crazy nonsense story about like how they fell asleep in the car makes no sense at all. The, the only, it, it, it's an improbable on top of an improbable, like, mm -hmm. you know, my alarm failed is like what, like, you know, let, let's 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 be nice and call it like a one in fifty chance. 
there's six people in the car. That's one in 50 times, one in 56 times. Right. <laughs> yeah, you all forgot to set your alarms. You all fell asleep in the car. You all slept You all slept soundly in the car. That is, that is my biggest thing. Like, like you woke up with your, your head on someone's shoulder like, oh. Without waking up once, like, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, the fact that it was 127 degrees in the car, because that's what it would be with the windows closed, or the fact that you were being eaten alive by mosquitoes, which is what would happen if you open the windows, uh, there is no sleeping comfortably in a car. It, it just doesn't no. exist. No, yeah. not all not until, not until they invent screen windows for cars. Yeah. I mean, I've... Or I you can run the air conditioning all night long if you're one of those people, but every car I've ever owned would blow up and overheat just sitting parked running its air conditioning all night long. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think I've even ever been intoxicated enough to just fall down where I am and go... To, I mean, listen, Patty and I went to college together. She and I partied one night. I she was, was yes. I very... Yeah, but she was very intoxicated, but she was able to walk with me back to my room. She was able to be wherewithal enough to turn around, look at me, and smile before face planting on the bed and passing out for the night. And I had to shove her over so I could get in next to her because these are like the college, narrow, long, twin size beds. Where uh, I'm just going to clue you in on, on something that you probably didn't think of at the time because you were drunk, but you could have climbed over Patty and got the bed. <laughs> No, she felt she face planted. It was, so it was like the yeah, like diagonal. Yeah. Right. Like, part of right. my legs are still hanging off the bed. Right. So I, I'm little, but I'm not that little where I could just fit on her torso to curl <laughs> up. So I had to shove her bottom half over so I could get into the bed. I remember That's the you easiest. I yeah. don't remember it happening, but I remember you telling me what happened. Even my roommate was like, what the hell? Even in that moment, Patty was able enough to get somewhere. And I've never been intoxicated enough to fall asleep in a car and sleep soundly all night long sitting still. And I've been to those cons that we play at where there's a lot of alcohol and stuff going around still never gotten into my car and it, fallen asleep it's just not likely that all of them did you know right. that's what's not likely right it's weird so before b came home from the next gig i did put a key logger on the computer so i could scrape information passwords things like that because he kept changing his password to his facebook he would tell me what it was and then he would change it so i couldn't get in so i scraped it I remember yeah. you saying that also. So yeah. You set up spyware in your own computer. Yes. And it came in handy, but I think I told someone in his family that I had done that because a few days later it was off the computer and I couldn't get any information. So I waited a couple of days before I put it back on and this time got his password to his Facebook. It's in this moment in time that I realize how bad it really is when I start going through the messages. And I see where he had messaged a girl who I knew, not well, she was someone who was associated with his friend L, but I liked her. She was fun. She was crazy, probably a really bad drug habit, but I liked her. And he was messaging her and inviting her to stay with him. On the road? No, in our house. 
I don't, I don't know how that works. And I remember, I don't remember when I said this to him, it must've been much later, but I mean, follow my thought process. I live there. I live there most of the time by myself. What am I going to, what is the conversation going to be like when she takes him up on it? And shows right. up at the door with some suitcases or garbage bags filled with clothes and goes, oh, well, B told me I should come and stay here. And then I'm left going, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to know what that thought process was. But he never actually said it to you. He said mm-hmm. it to her. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying this never came to fruition of, like, you know, him trying to explain it to you. Right. Maybe, well, and- maybe. Maybe he did it knowing she wouldn't take him up on the offer. You know, sometimes people do that to show like a certain level of commitment or interest or whatever, knowing that the person isn't going to accept. So, you know, he's gaining points with her without really putting in jeopardy, whatever is going on with you and him. I don't know. Well, what I thought was really fun was that instead of answering him, she asked him, what about that girl that you were with? She was so cool and I really liked her. And he didn't answer her. And he never wrote to her again. Oh my God. Just, you know, I, 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 I understand why you're going about all this, but in every story I've ever heard about someone getting someone's secret password and going and digging through their crap, it never comes out to be something good. Admittedly, you're already kind of burning this relationship and walking away. Right. But, but I'm just saying, like, if your relationship was not already destroyed, this would probably have been a bad move. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, 100%. I always tell my friends, like, if they're, like, people that have fairly decent relationships and, and they start, like, be, you know, who knows why? Because I've never really, I've never really been like interested in snooping or anything like that but i always would tell my friends don't look for what you don't want to find right if everything's okay don't look for what you want to what you don't want to find because i mean it's horrible to say it's horrible to say and i shouldn't think that it's it's acceptable but there's a very very high percentage of marriages where one of the two people are being adulterous let's say but it might be a fling it might not be any and do you want to destroy the whole relationship to find out that you know last year or whatever something happened because you can't get like i think i wouldn't be able to get past it even even if it was something from the past i don't think i can get over the 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 trail let's say i don't know right no, and I get that. As a more adult version of myself, it's not something I engage in. And Catnip doesn't really give me a reason to snoop. Like, he's here. He's right. part of this relationship. So, and I have had this conversation with him multiple times where I say, you know, just, if I've done so many things since I've been single that mm-hmm. if you feel the the 10-year itch or whatever and you want to go explore something else... 
I'm just asking you to come and have the conversation with me first because you never know how I'm going to take it. You know, maybe we could come to some sort of arrangement. Maybe we can't. And then it's just over. But I just, I don't want you to go out there and do that. I'm not going to do that to you. If I ever get to that point where that's what I want to do, I want to be with someone else, then I'm just going to tell you. I, yeah. And I also feel like if there's that much mistrust in a relationship where you feel the need to snoop, then instead of snooping, you need to have a conversation as to why you're feeling that way. Like, or end the Things have already gone to a bad place. And the relationship before you start doing sketchy stuff like break, you know, like invading people's privacy and being, you know, like, I don't know. Well, if I, during if, if I'm in a bad mood, Patty, and we're talking, I'm going to take things you say the wrong way. Whereas right. if I'm in a good mood, I'll take it in a completely different way. Uh, right. Reading text messages, there's no tone or inflammation, inclination. You know what I mean? The, the ability right. to read shit into text is ridiculously huge right so if you're already in a suspicious enough mood to be poking into someone's crap you're going to be like oh loved seeing you this saturday oh oh right right, <laughs> right, like, right. You, know what I mean? you know what i mean you're you're, you're going to take it the wrong way too right yeah definitely well and i kept trying to take tell me you you're out, you're on the road, I'm here by myself. Maybe we should talk about having a different type of relationship, an open relationship, something where you can do what, because I can see him doing whatever he wanted to do anyway. Right. So let me put this offer on the table. And it immediately was, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And I don't, I, my woman is not going to be out there and be with other people. Right. Because it's good. What's good for the goose isn't good for the gander. Right. But the, uh, you know, he's the gander. She's the goose. Yeah. It's, the metaphor is backwards. Yeah. What's good for the gander is good for the goose. Right. Yeah, but I wasn't allowed to do anything, which is part of why I kept bringing it up. I can see you, you complete idiot. I can see you doing this. Just right. let me go. Like at this point, I think I'm just asking him nicely to, to just let me go. Put me out of my suffering and misery. Just let me go. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you are, but also part of it here is you're going like, we all know what's going on. Can we just stop lying, please? Right. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It feels more like, uh, can we stop lying and talk seriously, please? Than it is just let me go. Because if it was just let me go again, like you've had opportunities to flee here. Yeah. You already know you don't need him to let you go. You need to run away. But, you know, uh, you just haven't decided that you're ready to do it yet. And you're waiting to pull the chain. I get right. the feeling that that's why you're like, you know, getting in his face about all this shit, too, is because you're 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 already done. You are just torturing him for the last few months before you pull the, you know, record and right. jump out of the plane. You know, you're going through the motions of, of what you need to get done in order to, you know, wait the clock out. And you're in no mood to take a shit. So you're right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're literally just waiting for that apartment to be available. So in right. the meantime, I'm not gonna take any shit. I'm right. Gonna, you know. What are you saying here? This doesn't make any sense. You know, like before right. you were just letting all this shit slide. Right. 
Right. And yeah, now I'm confronting him on everything. So one of the messages that I wound up seeing was from another girl with the initial A and I realize he's grooming her. And I can tell that by the messages that he's sending to her because that's how he was with me in the beginning. So it's different than the messages he's sending to other girls because ultimately there's like a a series of different bees. There's like the one who wants to be with the good girl and wants to have this settled down life. And he imagines the good girl as a good mom and all of this other stuff. And then there's the bee that wants to be with the hooker, not the hooker, but the slutty girl, the crazy party girl, wild, wild girl. And that girl, he's not going to settle down with, but he's going to have fun with. And they're in those two different bees there's different messages that he'll send. So with this girl, A, I could see the messages and I could see he was grooming her. So I believe that the phones were mine and his were both on my account, which I had access to. So I looked at, and I see Mark rolling his eyes. What was that about? I'm not quite sure of the era here, but we're almost bordering on if you're paying for both of the phones, you could just be like, find my phone and watch them everywhere he goes. No, because it was um, Boost. Before that era. Yeah. 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 And it was yeah, Boost. Yeah. But but what I could see is I could see his phone bill easily. So through the app or through the website, I don't remember how, but I could see every single phone number that he dialed. So the website, I don't think apps existed back then. You know, that was back when we were like carving stone wheels and leading things. True. True. Exactly. (laughs) Napping our, our Flint, you know, arrowheads with a Nokia, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. People were still playing Farmville. So Facebook games were a thing and not really app games. App games you had to pay for back then. Mob wars. Yes, exactly. So I took a look at his phone bill and in scraping, I found A's number. So I went back through the phone bill and I realized how many times B had called her. He would tell me he had to go and he'd hurry up and hang up. And five minutes later, he'd be on the phone with her for hours. I want to say the night that he slept in the car, he was also on the phone with her for a long time. So I don't know if he had a Maybe that's what made him so tired. You know, they were all sitting in the car talking to A. It got really late. You know, they were wrapped in their blankies in the car talking until four o'clock in the morning. Then they all fell asleep and missed their alarms. And I don't know if B just knew or if this was even available then, if he could temporarily block my number for a day so that I would go directly into his voicemail and it wouldn't ring. And I would just think his phone was dead. I really don't know. I don't remember what phones were capable of back then. But I did see the number of times he had called her. So now the writing was really on the wall. So now for me, the mad scramble was, thank God I have this job. I have got to save up every dime I can because sometime in November, I need to have a huge deposit for this right. depart- for this apartment before I can move in. She was willing to work out an arrangement with me where I could continue to pay the deposit as part of my rent 
for the next three months, but mm -hmm. I wanted to just pay her. So to me, it was, I have to hurry up and save up as much money as I can so that I can move into this apartment and not be worried or stressed out where I have to have extra bills. And no matter, I'm sure no matter how the situation was with him, finding that information out, seeing it has to be like a punch in the gut. Yes. And also a relief where now I know I'm not crazy. Now yeah. I know that all this stuff really has been going on and I can see it in black and white because right. there are things that are in that message that I don't remember exactly the messages, but there are so many to so many different women. And some of those messages lead me to believe that he's actually slept with them. Mm -hmm. And that, so now it is, it is a punch in the gut. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I was right. But it also is, oh my God, I can't believe I was right. Thank God I'm not really crazy. Mm -hmm. Because again, I'm just recovering still from him tormenting me. This is the first real peace that I have because I'm alone in the trailer most of the time. Right. I have a job that I go to Monday through Friday that I'm at all day surrounded by normal people. And then I come home and I either eat with his family or I am lazy and I just stay home and, and eat nothing or macaroni with weevils. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I mean, it, the, the job is your salvation on many levels, the income, obviously. But like you said, you're around normal people. It gives you that perspective of what's going on in your life outside of work is not normal. Like right. It helps reinforce that you need to be more around normal people and get out of that situation. Yeah. And at this point, Patty, I don't know if you remember, but at this point, I'm pretty much calling you every night and telling yeah. you, I am in hell. Yes. And I don't know how to get out of it. Right. And your response to me was, I don't know how to help you. And I want you to be out of there. And I love you so much. Like you were just so wonderful about everything. Like the support that I really needed because I'm still trying to, to figure my way out of this. Remember, I don't know how to be alone. Right. I've never done it. I went from my parents' house to an apartment for six months, which was like a weird experiment that didn't work out, moved back in with my parents, got married, lived with him for nine years, and left immediately with B. I've never been on my own. I really don't know if I can do it. And I'm not normal right now because it takes a long time to recover from the psychological abuse that I went through with B. From the not sleeping, to the never relaxing, to the go, 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 hurry up and go, and no questions ever being answered. I'm not normal. I'm in recovery mode, but I will tell you that I think I probably should have sought counseling, but I didn't know how, how broken I was. It probably took me a good year or two after leaving B to normalize, to start sleeping more normally, thinking more normally and realizing there's a whole life out there 
And definitely where, where normalcy kicked in more was me moving out of New, New York to Tennessee. And that's where I think for the first time I really was very, very normal. Yeah. As normal as I can be, because I'm a like, little like, bit. Like now you're at least an annoyingly long drive away. But right. you know, it, it's, it's normal for you. Right, right. We all know it's not, you know, none of us is normal. Uh, Let's not even pretend there. Normal is relative. Yeah. You know. Keep telling yourself that, Rose. (laughs) My wife's like, I'm normal. I always tell my family that I'm normal. And if you look in the dictionary under normal, I'm there doing something really weird. But it's me. And that's my picture. That's all you ever need. That's you, you, your thumbs on the page. That's abnormal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oopsie! My bad. <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, I get it. It, 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 it. And 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 you know, during the course of of this podcast, which in a lot of ways is a very lengthy conversation over you know many days, many weeks. Uh, there's been a number of times where Patty said something or I've said something and you've been like, holy crap, I never thought about it that way. And it really wasn't all that deep. No offense, Patty. Like, you know, the two of us, you know, we're all like, you know, like we, we saw something fairly obvious and it, it feels like, you know, uh, but when it's you not shocking that it took you this long outside. to get better from, you don't look, it doesn't seem like you turned this over in your mind since then. Like, mm-hmm. as you said, like I needed to talk about this. Some of these things seem so obvious in the comments Patty and I made that it's obvious you haven't spoken about this with anyone since because they I have never told this entire story to any one person, even though Patty was there and living through a lot of it with me. She had her own grief that she was carrying around. So she probably can't remember all of this because she's compartmentalizing and trying to deal with her grief. And just being a friend for me, and I'm also trying to be a friend to her, this isn't all just about me, just the podcast is, um, just this season. But, you know, I, I don't know. I've never sat down and told it because I guess after being accused of ruining the con, I have felt too embarrassed to tell anybody this whole story because there's... I judge myself and I carried around shame and this process, I wanted to do it and I wanted to do it with friends, hoping that I wouldn't feel shamed, hoping that you guys wouldn't be sitting on the other end of me going, Jesus Christ, why are you still telling this story? And this is really dumb. You're being really stupid. You guys have been really great during this. And yeah, there's, because I didn't know, this is my first experience with it. As you guys are saying stuff to me that should have been obvious, no, absolutely, at the time, never noticed it. I mean, it it happens a lot when you have an outside perspective of something. You see things that the person that's living it isn't seeing. Right. All I was saying is that, like, the fact that, like, so many of these have come up makes it obvious you haven't that you haven't talked anyone else. Any, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah you haven't had any other outside perspective yeah yeah and yeah. i suspect you know in terms of your your utility for other people like what was the point of doing this at all 
Like, is the point of the doing this to get it off your chest? At which point you could just burn these tapes when we're done. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason to broadcast them. Like, what is the point of this? And part of it was, you know, getting it out there. And, and you know, maybe other people will make slightly better choices. Yeah. And yeah. what I'm trying to, to, to draw a line under here is the fact that, you know, a decade later or more later, you know, you're having realizations just from having talked this out. And it's the, the easiest form of therapy, just talking your problems out with somebody. Like if you had just had someone that you could have just had this conversation with, you know, someone who you wouldn't have been ashamed to have this conversation with, like a therapist. You know what I mean? Like you still got to deal with Patty in your day-to-day -day life. You still got to meet me in the hallways. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to look these people in the eye after you tell them these stories, but a therapist is someone you can tell this stuff, you know, that kind of person you could tell them to them and then walk away. And you know, they're not part of your life. That's the whole point of having someone outside to talk to. And I really do think it would have helped you. Like some oh, of the stones we flipped over here would have been flipped over then. And you could have spent the last 15 years healing those stones instead of going, Oh, wow. Now, Right. And I have, I'm not averse to therapy. I have no idea why I didn't seek it out at the time, because I do agree that it would have been so useful for me in the healing process in letting myself know that, you know, this, this wasn't my fault. I mean, maybe right. staying with him for too long, maybe, I mean, I don't, think a therapy ever a therapist ever assigns fault right I just, <laughs> i'm sorry you're 87 percent guilty you can <laughs> I like, yeah i don't think that there's like uh you know a need to assign blame or say oh yeah you it just you know it just talking decision. about it yeah yeah i think it would have been it really would have been helpful but i think once i moved to saranac lake i was so lost because now I'm really in a new place totally by myself where I don't know anybody but my coworkers. I don't think at that point I even knew how to reach out to anybody to say I might need help with something. There's mm -hmm. also a, 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 a strong survival urge, which is not necessarily a wrong one, but it leads to a lot of these like not thinking about things stuff is the whole like clean break logic. I'm done with that. I'm moving on. Like, I'm not right. thinking about that. It doesn't matter anymore to me, even though it's all deep down in your psyche and it's perhaps affecting your actions. But right. at least in your, you know, day-to-day -day life, you're like, you know, I have escaped B. I don't want to, you know, right. go talk about B for an hour a week with some right. stranger. You don't want to yeah. you, you just want to end it and move on. And, uh, you know, we know now that that's not necessarily good because you're just bearing things that can sprout up in other situations because you're not, you know, uh, dealing yes, with it, but, you know, eventually, yeah, you still got over it. It just therapy would have helped. Yeah. I, I would have probably, yeah. right. And I think I didn't, because I also didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to feel that shame or that judgment. And I don't know why I, would think a therapist would shame or judge me, but I wasn't in a position to want to talk about it. Because I Because they're a human being and you're right. uh, ashamed. You're ashamed and judging yourself. So right. by talking about it with them, you're going to shame and judge yourself, even if they just sit there going, mm-hmm. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just want to lick my wounds in private. Right. And you I know. got it. It makes sense. And, and yeah. it's just worth saying that, like, you know, I, I get it. Like, uh, it's denial is in some ways a healthy, 
very short-term behavior. Like mm -hmm. when you cut your fingers and then got in the car and had to drive to the hospital, there was a lot of denial going on to make it possible for you to make it to the emergency room. Like right. I'm not passing out. I'm not busy. Right. <laughs> this doesn't hurt. I can right. drive fine. Right. Like these things had to happen. And sometimes in our lives, we have to behave irrationally to save our lives or to right. just get right. shit done. Like, you know, you know, you know, just one more mile on the treadmill, Mark. Come on. We all do <laughs> every like part of our lives. We, we, we right. do these things to ourselves, but it's dangerous when it becomes a long term. And not dangerous. It's unhealthy when it becomes right. a long term behavior, like the whole attitude of I don't want to think about this. I'll think about it tomorrow. And then 10 years later, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, sometimes that turns into a landmine that you've been dragging around in the back of your head for a long time that would have been better addressed and dealt with. But I will tell you just as a ray of sunshine, the night that I, I did arrive to my apartment at night the first time and it was, we had the best view. So the house was on, there was like a little cliff down and then there was a big mountain and the, you could see the moon rise up over the mountain. And I remember just standing on the edge and just crying and actually saying thank you to whoever the universe god whoever you believe in thank you for allowing me to arrive safely here thank god i'm here yeah i can believe it are, are you ruining uh episode 13 part seven no <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us at Bittersweet Toxicity. The show was brought to you by North Circus Productions, LLC. Artwork was done by Vin Lisa. Music was mixed by me, Vanessa. Sound effects were borrowed from Zapsplat. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bittersweet Toxicity Podcast. And if you would like to support the hosts, you can find us at Bittersweet Pod on buymeacoffee.com.